Wow, what a blessing, huh? You guys are spoiled at second with your music. Um, I don't get in here a lot, but Bernie asked me to preach this week, and I said, oh, yeah, I want to preach three times this week. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, this is a blessed group, and God is here with us, and uh, he has something to tell us today. Let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, we are joyful that we can come into your house today and focus on you and worship you, sing to you, pray to you, give offerings to you. Now we can listen to your word, and then we get to go live for you. Thank you that you're here with us. May the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts. Amen. Who wants some joy? Who wants some joy? Anybody want some joy? Do you like a serving of joy? A big serving of joy? I like joy. And we are here today. We're in the middle of our banner series. It's going to be a banner year. Great expectations for 2017 because we serve a great and almighty God. So it's going to be a great year. Great things are going to happen. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus comes this year. That would really be great. So this morning we want to talk about the banner of joy. Now, last time I preached, and I won't say what service it was, but you know it wasn't second because I wasn't here. Um, somebody told me, you're walking around, you talk to this side more than you talk to this side. So I'm going to try to be fair, and I may walk around a little today, but I might just stay here and go right down the middle of the road and make everybody happy. Okay, the Cook family knows that when the Chicago Cubs win a baseball game, they fly a big banner flag with what on it? W, which stands for win. And for a couple of decades, there were not a lot of those flags going up, were there? Um, in fact, I think one of the players, the first baseman Rizzo, I think he was on the team a couple years ago when they lost 100 games. Okay, you pay, you, they play 162 games, you lose 100 games, that's a lot of games. Every time the Cubs win a baseball game, a big W banner is raised at Wrigley Field to show that they've won. But this spring, this spring, <laughs> a special banner is going up at Wrigley Field. One that has not been there since what year? I know you guys know. What year was the last time they flew a World Series banner? 1908. Ellen White was alive in 1908. And I hate to mention this this morning, but women could not vote in 1908. 1908 was a long time ago. And the Cubs now are going to fly a World Series banner at Wrigley Field. I've been a Cubs fan since I was little. I, I went both ways. I went with the Cincinnati Reds because they were winning. And I went with the Chicago Cubs because they were my grandfather's team. 
And my grandfather in 1945, the last time the Cubs were in a World Series, he was 33 years old and he went down to Wrigley Field and spent the entire night there waiting to get tickets for game seven of the World Series against the Detroit Tigers. You know, sometimes young people are not real smart. He was like eighth in line. He said there were like 10,000 people behind him. He went up to the counter. They said, and you're going to guess where this is going, but don't shout it out. They said, how many tickets would you like, sir? He said, I'd like one ticket to game seven of the World Series. Immediately when he got out of line, people jumped at him and said, do you have any extra tickets? He could have bought four. He probably could have paid for my college <laughs> with one of those tickets. He could not get back in line. He had his one ticket. It was not a ticket of joy because they lost that game. I went back and looked at it and the Tigers scored five runs in the first inning. And I think the final score was nine to three. So maybe he saved himself some pain. But this last November two, a day that will live in Cubs history, my daughter who lives in Chicago just happened to be home and we watched game seven of the World Series together. And if you watch that game, it was a crazy emotional game. And if you're a Cubs fan, you were really happy because the leadoff hitter hit a home run. But then later in the game, the Indians tied the game. And all Cubs fans thought, here we go again, another Cubs story for the ages. But somehow, they won the game. And if you're not an Indians fan, don't do this if you're an Indians fan. But if you're a Cubs fan, go on YouTube and watch the crowd outside Wrigley Field waiting, the scoreboard's up there, and when they flash up there, Cubs win, you will never see more joy until Jesus comes. <laughs> Exceeding incredible joy. So my daughter asked me what I wanted for my birthday, and I said I want a Cubs hat and a Cubs shirt. And I have a baseball at home that I signed with her name, my name, the date, Cubs win, 10 to nine, I think was the score, uh, over the Cleveland Indians. And she'll have that as a memento of a joyful memory. So the Cubs winning has brought great joy to the city of Chicago and Cubs fans everywhere. Go over here. <laughs> think of a time in your life when you have experienced amazing, exceeding, spectacular joy. Think of a time or times. I'm going to give you one. Sixth grade report card day, which was usually not a time of joy for me. Sixth grade Spring Valley Academy report card day. I had not studied. I had not done good on my tests. I had not been faithful, as they say, in the little things. Remember, I'm a sixth grade boy, okay, 13, okay? They pass out report cards. 
Oh man, why do they do that? And everybody opens a report card. What'd you get? What'd you get? What do you have? What's this? I opened my report card and everywhere on that report card were A's, straight A's. I had joy until I looked at the name <laughs> on the report card. The only thing that that report card and my report card had in common was the last name begins with S. I had been given the wrong report card. I did not experience as much joy with mine, but uh, nonetheless, that was an interesting experience. Going back to baseball, 1975, I was a Reds fan. They won the World Series. If you're a Red Sox fan, you remember game six, Carlton Fisk hit a home run to win game six and send it to a game seven. I was 13. It's a bad year for me, 13. I remember walking down the long, dark hallway in my house, 13-year-old, crying on my way to bed because the Cincinnati Reds had lost the sixth game of the World Series. They won the seventh game, and that brought joy. Wedding day, when those doors opened in the back, and I saw my wife in her wedding dress and her dad bringing her down the aisle. Wow. That was a lot of joy. The interesting thing about that is when I came down to get her, her dad would not let go of her arm. He would not let go and he was crying and he was just frozen. And I remember her saying to him, daddy, you gotta let me go. Double meaning there. So the joy of seeing my wife getting married, 1987, of course, the birth of our first son, our first daughter, our second daughter. <laughs> Times of joy. You have your list. I have mine. Moments where you lived under the glorious banner of joy. Well, here's some news. God wants you to have joy. God wants you to have joy. No matter what you're going through today, God wants you to have joy. Can we live in a constant state of joy? Probably not. Can we have the promise and assurance of joy? Yes. God wants, just like the Cubs are going to fly that banner over their stadium, God wants you to fly a banner of joy over your life. And I want to talk to you a little bit. Psalm 20, and we're going to put it up on the screen. Or if you have it on your phone, or if you have a Bible. I still bring paper notes up here. I can't do what Pastor Jeff does with an iPad. I just would feel that it's going to go down someday. And then it's going to be hard times. But we have the text up here. Psalm 20, a psalm of David, a psalm of joy. Let's go through this together. See what God would say to us today from his scripture. Verse 1 says, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. Anybody here today in a day of trouble? This week, been through a day of trouble, past month through a day of trouble? I met a man this week, talking to him, a stranger, and I don't know, people just want to share their stories. 
They want to share their troubles. And he said, I just buried my father last week. I said, I'm so sorry. And he said, yeah, and three, three months ago, I buried my three-year-old grandson. He was in daycare and he choked to death on a meatball, three years old. I have kids, you have kids, grandkids. He was in his time of trouble. He said to me, but I still have God. I still have hope. In the time of trouble, may the Lord answer you. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. Verse two, may he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. In your trouble, people can strengthen you, but God can really strengthen you. You believe he's real, you believe he's there, and he's got some really good banners of joy that we're gonna look at that make all the difference. May he strengthen you out of Zion. The key point here in these first two verses is we have joy because God answers, he defends, he helps, and he strengthens. He answers, helps, defends, strengthens. Maybe we don't always feel it. Maybe we don't always see it. But he always does it. And it may not have happened yet. We may have to wait for the second coming. We may have to wait for the resurrection. We may have to wait for heaven. But church, help is coming out of the sanctuary. There's a trumpet on the wall. Jesus will take his priestly garments off. He will put on a crown. He will blow that trumpet and he will come for his church and his people. As a pastor, I know a lot of your stories and a lot of people share them. I'm not gonna share people's stories up here, don't get nervous. But when I look out among the group, I see you. You may, you may, you may think you're hiding. I know your name, I see you. I know your stories. There's a lot of heartache and pain. I remember my dad as a pastor 30 years ago. He got up to preach. He couldn't preach. He just started crying. Here was a marriage falling apart. Here was someone who had lost their infant child. Uh, here were people that were having issues with mental illness. He told me about a hospital visit he went on and he went into the room that the couple had lost their baby stillbirth. When he went in to see them, the mother was holding the baby. It's a very dramatic, hard situation. And she said to him, do you want to hold my baby? And he said in his mind, he said, oh, I don't want to hold this baby. I, I don't want to do this. But he held the baby, he prayed with the family in those situations, as believers, as bad as it is, we still have hope. We still have joy. We still have a chance. It says, verse 3, may he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire. God wants to give you not only your heart's desire, but what is best for you. 
May he fulfill your petitions. You may be asking and asking and it's not happening and it's not happening. Does God not know what you need? He knows. Does he know the best time? He knows. Does he know the best person? He knows. I couldn't believe girls would break up with me in high school. I couldn't believe that. It was devastating to my self-esteem. How can someone that I like not like me? And if you've ever been dumped, and I've been dumped, it's not a fun experience. Especially sometimes when you think it might be the one and you get dumped. I'm glad God brought me to my current wife, my girlfriend of 30 years, wife of 29, Nadine. Had to wait till I was 25. Last year in the seminary, my mom told me I was not going to get married. <laughs> I haven't told you this story because I haven't, I haven't preached it second. I told it at third. I won't tell it today. She said, yes, yeah, Steve, it's great, man. You're going to go to a couple little churches and have lunch with old ladies every week. I said, I love old ladies and I love food. That doesn't sound bad to me. So she'd call every Saturday night. What are you doing? I'm studying Hebrew. You need to be out there studying something else, she would tell me. <laughs> God knows our heart's desires. We can trust him. He will fulfill our petitions. Verse five, we will rejoice in your salvation. We're going to get to this in a minute. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. I'm going to give you five banners to set up in your life that no one can take away. We're getting there. Got to get through Psalm 20 first. Verse 6. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Going to go off course here for a second. Right hand. Met a man last week that he came to see me that said my dad was his pastor 35, 40 years ago in Toledo, Ohio. And he said, your dad brought me to Christ and saved my life. But he said, I remember two other things about your dad. He took the young guys ice fishing and you're going to love this. He taught boxing in Pathfinders. In fact, my dad told me this story and my dad is gone, so I can tell it. My dad knocked out a Pathfinder <laughs> in boxing with his right hand. Not good. As strong as our right hands can be, God's right hand is stronger. It is there to save us. We have joy because we have salvation that comes from God's strong right hand. Here's something for us today. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Maybe we trust in nuclear weapons or tanks or planes or boats. But we remember the name of the Lord our God. And we trust in his name. Remember when David went out to Goliath, what did he take? You know, he took the sling and the stones. But he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel and in his strength. Whatever Goliath we're facing today, you're facing today, 
you can bring the name of the Lord up against that giant problem. And God will slay it for you with his strong right hand. Verse eight, they have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Why? Save us, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. We have joy today because we can rise up and stand in the name of the Lord. That's Psalm 20. Read it a couple times this week. Read it every day this week. Memorize it. It's only nine verses. But my eye drifts to Psalm 21. Another Psalm by David, probably written at different times, but I just had to throw this verse up here too. The king shall have joy in what? In your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. We rejoice, our banner of rejoicing is in God's salvation. So two questions for you. First one's easy because it's rhetorical. Can you as believers in Christ have joy today? Yes. In the middle of your suffering and misery, can you find and experience joy? And I would say definitely yes. So I'm going to share with you from the Bible five reasons, five banners, five promises that you can take to heart for sure. Five banners of joy that you can plant today in the face of the enemy and say, try to take these away from me. So here we go. Banner of joy number one. God has given you today the gift of life. The precious gift of life. We have a precious little one here. How old? Seven weeks of life. And he's a Resting and he's secure in his father's love and he's happy. God wants us in our life. We're alive, folks. We're alive. Rejoice in that. What a gift. We are alive. So your first banner of joy, John 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Jesus Christ made you and gave you life. I have seen, I've experienced, I know, I've read about people who struggle with taking their life. Taking their life. It's a hard thing, it's a sad thing. A lot of times it's a mental illness thing. Precious, precious gift of life. Sometimes people say, my life isn't worth going on. Why live? What do I have to live for? This text says, without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. If you know Jesus, you know life. And Jesus asks us to reach out to those who are struggling with life and share with them and tell them there is a better way. There is a way of joy. And not to simplify it, but help these people find help. There is help. 
but a lot of times people are lost and don't know where to go. We can guide and direct. I would tell you as a pastor, a lot of things come to me that are above my pay grade. And the best thing I've learned how to do is refer to a professional. Refer somebody for counseling or medical help or a professional. The banner of life. Now, number two, I sort of like this one a lot too. Banner two, you guys. God has given us the gift of eternal life. Not only do we have life, we have eternal life. Are you kidding me? Jesus says in John 6, 47, he says, most assuredly, definitely, absolutely, without a doubt, positively, I say to you, he who believes in me has what? Everlasting life. You believe in Jesus? You have everlasting life. I hope there's nobody here that says, I hope I have eternal life. I hope I'm going to heaven. I run into a lot of people like that and I say, let's just do the math here. Simple math, not algebra. Let's just do addition. Does Jesus love you? Do you believe Jesus loves you? Yes. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Do you believe in him? Yes. Well, you have eternal life in him. Do you have eternal life because how you live your life? No. Do you have eternal life because you're perfect? No. Do you have eternal life because of all the things you give to God? No. Do you have eternal life because you believe in him? Yes. Banner of eternal life, the gift. Paul proclaims, you know this one, Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wages are earned. Gifts are given. The gift of God is eternal life. Does he want to give it to you? Yes, he does. He went to long lengths to provide it for you. We have life. We have eternal life. Man, here's a good one. Banner three. God has forgiven you all of your sins. Banner of joy. All your sins are forgiven. Every single one of them. Whatever you've done, whatever you've thought, whatever bad feelings you've had towards someone, God has forgiven. How do we know this? 1 John 2.12 says... John says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are all working. They all want you to know you're forgiven. It's pardoned. It's done. Now, if you really believe that, that you have eternal life and your sins are forgiven you, what kind of life are you going to live? Now, I know Cubs fans all year are going to be throwing it in everybody's face that they're the world champions and they're going to have a good time and they're going to celebrate that. And if they win another one, look out. How much should we as Christians celebrate with joy, life, eternal life, forgiveness? We have those three. But we have more. Are you kidding me? Yeah, there's a lot more. I stopped at five. 
because I know you guys want to eat today. Banner four is the promise and power of the resurrection. Man, I really miss my dad. He's been gone 15 years. If your dad or mom are alive, call them today, talk to them, tell them you love them. I miss my grandparents. I miss friends. You have friends, family, people that are gone. We have the banner, the promise of the resurrection. I love this. This is John 11, 25 through 26. If this doesn't give you joy, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. You mean believers that have died will live again? It's exactly what he says. He or she who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. I can't imagine what it's going to be to see my dad again. Can't, can't imagine. He's, I'm going to say, you're never going to guess where I worked. I wound up at Forest Lake Church. You can't believe that. I mean, from the, the way my life led, I wound up as a pastor at Forest Lake Church. He would be proud so much of that. And whoever lives, Jesus said, and believes in me shall never die. That should give you joy. Gives me joy. Banner four. And Jesus said at the end of this, he said, do you believe this? And I say to you, can you believe this? Believe it. Believe it. I ask you the same question. Banner five. Who wants joy? God, banner five of joy, has brought us one day closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Pull out your cell phone. I did this one and spun ahead about 100 years to see where my birthday would be in 100 years. I won't be here, but where would, we may not be here. I hope not. But I just spun ahead. You can spun ahead and you can spin back to I don't know how far it goes. There's a day somewhere on the calendar that Jesus is coming. I don't know what it is, June 1, July 7, November 3. I don't know. There's a day on a calendar with a year on it that the Father knows that Jesus is coming, and we're a day closer. We are a day closer. I've told this to first and second before. My grandparents, who are buried over here in Highland Memorial, my grandma for 70 years worried about the time of trouble. She literally worried about the time of trouble for a long time because they talked about that a lot back in her time and how soon it was coming. Well, she went to sleep in Jesus and she doesn't have to worry about the time of trouble. And you and I, we're either gonna live to see it or we're gonna sleep in Jesus. And either one is fine. Either one is a good deal. Jesus said, you know this, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, John 14, 3, and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you will be also. Are you ready for some time with Jesus? 
face to face? I am. So we have these five banners, life, eternal life, forgiveness of sin, hope in the resurrection, hope in his second coming. I would say to you, set these banners strongly in your life. Claim them as God's promises. The enemy cannot capture these banners. I came from Minnesota before we came to Florida. And in the capital, in St. Paul, in the rotunda, they have a Confederate battle flag from the Army of Virginia that a unit from Minnesota captured in the Civil War. Virginia has asked for the flag back. They want it back. Minnesota has told them one word. It begins with N and it ends in O. They won't give it back. They captured it. Let me tell you, these flags, these five flags of joy, life, eternal life, forgiveness, resurrection, second coming, no one can take them from you. That should give you joy. No one can capture your flag unless you surrender it. So I say this, Jesus says this to you, march through life with the banner of joy flying high over your head. May the life you live be a banner of joy that is a witness to all that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. May your joy in knowing Jesus be a banner of joy that is seen by all. Make your joyful attitude a witness to all that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Hold this banner high. Never let it go.